Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com And welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been watching recently. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. And this week, we're talking about an anime about a boy with no skin. Goodness. A hybrid found footage movie. Horseshoe crabs. A darkly satiric, satirical serial killer mockumentary. And Laos and Folk Horror. Heck yeah, we are. Um, so I, I just, when I saw you write this this down, I was like immediately, huh? And I gotta know, anime about a boy with no skin, how does that work and what is this? Okay, so this is an anime called Dororo. Uh, it is from 2019, but it is based on a manga written by the creator of Astro Boy in the 60s, I believe. But basically... Astro Boy. Astro I think Boy, I know who that is. Um, I, I think I know what that is. Yeah, Astro Boy. Okay. Yeah, so the guy who made Astro Boy made Dororo. This young boy meets... Uh, a teenager named Hayaki Maru. And Hayaki Maru has no arms, no legs, no nose, no ears, no eyes, no skin, and no spine. Oh. This whole thing, this whole story takes place in the Sengoku period of Japan, which is a, an era of Japan that was complete, complete, almost completely defined by constant war. Okay. Um, this was from the fourteen six from fourteen sixty seven to sixteen fifteen. It is constant civil war between lords and their samurai fighting over land, 
and who's going to have the most land and villagers are killed constantly. There's famine. It's a miserable time to be alive. Sounds amazing. And this takes place right smack dab in the middle of that shit where a lord, a samurai lord, basically sells his unborn son to the demons so he'll have a prosperous land. And when his son is born, they take everything from him and they show it and you see a little baby that's just a meat sack. And somehow the meat sack survives. It is sent down the river as and being like, there's no more sun. And then someone finds it and is like, oh, oh, this is fucked. And the guy who the guy who happens to find him is like very, it's like an inventor. And he basically makes this kid a whole like exoskeleton <laughs> and teaches him how to fight demons. I realize that this that, that podcasting is an audio uh medium but <laughs> listeners the look of shock on my face right now as mary beth is explaining this i just i don't i don't know what to say <laughs> and like when when did this come out 2019 okay. 2019's when the anime came out it's playing on amazon on prime video okay every episode <laughs> is like Christ. so sad because it's like it is but have you ever watched like <laughs> You don't, you're not. Did you ever watch um, Full Metal Alchemist? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Basically, every episode is both really cool fight sequences where this guy who can pull off his fake hands and he has swords for arms. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Um, fights demons, and then also they find out about the horrors that humanity is capable of with women being sex workers to help save their children and women getting murdered and. Village is getting burned down and kids dying. So I've been watching that, um, which probably explains a lot about where the noggin has been. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. And the best part about this was that Steve was watching it and I came out of the bathroom and I I was high as a kite. And I was like, what are you watching? He's like, I'm watching an anime called Dororo. I was like, oh, I sh- it's like, let's watch it. I'll watch it with you. It was like the third episode. Uh, immediately, he was like, so this is what it's about. And then the baby, like, with no skin showed up. And I was like, I am going to have a panic attack. <laughs> so, of course, I'm now 20 episodes into it. How long is it? 30. It's like. Is it done? 30 minute episodes. Yeah. it was. It's only, I think, no, I'm 15 episodes into I think 26 episodes. Okay, I'm gonna have to ask. I uh, like I don't really watch a whole lot of anime. I'll watch it on occasion, but um, two two of my friends that I, I play Smite with and video games with that have been you know really good friends of mine for gosh two decades now. Um, they love anime, and when you said Dor- Dororo, I, I was like that sounds Dororo, really yeah. familiar. So I got to ask them if they've if they've watched that because that's very bad. That's wild. That's wild. Mm-hmm. It's really good, but it's really sad. Yeah. Like, I watched an episode eating dinner with Steve before I came back here, and I was like, all right, I gotta go lay down for a second. <laughs> it's like, nothing about this show is, like, ever happy. Wow. Yeah, the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, what's wrong with us? But <laughs> here we are. Um, <laughs> but I want to hear about horseshoe crabs, which is, like, very different from what we were just talking about. I, I mean, this is, like, the other, like, end of the entire spectrum, so... Panic Fest is going on. I've been watching nothing but Panic Fest movies. And um, I think probably for the next 
this episode and probably next episode, at the very least, I'll be talking about more Panic Film Festival uh, movies because that's all I'm that's all I'm consuming right now. Yeah, um, and I'm so far behind. But also, I've seen some really good stuff and some not so great stuff. But uh, so this one is crabs with an exclamation point, and it is about this like sleepy coastal town, and it opens up with a giant explosion at a nuclear reactor. Uh, in like the the, the cheesiest effects ever, and then it cuts to a couple fucking on the beach, and them both getting devoured by mutated horseshoe crabs, which are these Sick. little cutie little horse. You know, like the horseshoe crabs are really cute. Yeah. I think, and they are. They just like start <laughs> like gremlins chittering <laughs> at them, <laughs> and. <laughs> They have this like tendency to lo- latch on people's faces and and you know, devour them like to eat their face in a shower of blood and and bad special effects that are also really great at the same time. It cuts to um this teenager who's in a wheelchair. His name is Philip and his uh best female friend slash maybe wants to be girlfriend um Maddie and they have like instant chemistry and it's really adorable and th- he's trying to build um, an exoskeleton that'll help him walk. And he got this like power supply that looks like it should be from an anime that was shipped overseas and like glows blue and shoots a laser out when he <laughs> tilts it or the wrong way. And so like, it's about him trying to do that. It's going to be prom night. Also, his brother is the deputy in this, in this small sleepy town and their parents passed away and they have to like sell the farm that they lived on. So there's like that kind of stuff going on. And then there's a little bit of things happening in the town and it follows these characters on prom night when mutant crabs attack. And it kind of combines a little bit of like gremlins meets night of the creeps meets like, I don't know, a lot of like eighties sort of creature feature stuff. The effects are ranged from being really bad but but fun and also some really good practical effects and there is a um a kaiju so there's like a lot there's a lot going on in this and okay it was um it was a lot of wow. fun I've, I've i've i know it's gotten mixed reaction but it was i'll tell you after the week i had last week and i sat down on saturday to watch it i was like this is exactly the kind of movie i needed just silliness great practical effects and i love me a creature feature like, I feel like, and I, I know I'm not the first person to say this, and I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but I think that for a little bit there, we got a little bit far, like, we got a little bit away from making, like, kind of goofy movies, mm-hmm. and we're trying to be really serious, and I love a good, you know how much I love a good serious horror movie, I'm always down for that, oh, but yeah. it's kind of cool to see people making more silly stuff again that is just as fun to watch and experience at a festival, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. I I value those movies so much. Like, Revealer was like that to me, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good, but it's not, it's a little silly and not too serious. And it's, I don't know, I just like, I appreciate that break in a lot of the stuff you see in festivals that are really good, but just really tough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, a couple of things I've watched, I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. A couple of things I'm pro- uh, I'm saving for next week. Definitely. I was wondering. Okay. Because yeah. I was like, hmm, should I mention this? But I think you'll probably go talk about it. Yeah. Next I week, think so. next week. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Because cool. I need to still, I need to still think about that movie. Cause that, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's fun. It's silly, stupid fun. Um, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of like the sci-fi, um, asylum. 
you know, movies. And I, okay. I, um, excuse me. I feel like some people will probably compare this to that, but I think this movie is a lot more earnest and a lot more charming. And while the effects, some of the like CGI effects probably are about as bad as, as they would be in like an asylum film, there's like a, a level of heart in art in this that I think is elevates this past that kind of schlock you would see. No offense to people that love that stuff. Cause I know people do. It's not my bag. I don't like movies Sharknado, that bro. I don't like movies that are like we're gonna try to make the worst movie ever. Ha 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 ha. Because then people will talk about it. No, I, I need I need more authenticity. And this movie has more heart and earnestness than any of those movies ever. So that's just my cool. my opinion on that. But I'm excited yeah. to watch it. That's like one of the last ones I have. I need to that I've been like assigning myself to watch. So it's fun. I need to do it. Cool. It's dumb fun. Um, I think continuing on with this Panic Fest train, what is this hybrid found footage film? Okay, so this is a movie that I also saw as part of Grimfest Easter, where I was a judge, or I was on the jury to figure, um, to pick like some of their some of the best of the year of the of the fest, and this was also on there. And it's at Panic Fest, right? It is a Panic okay. Fest. That's why. So it's like a little cheating, yeah. <laughs> but it's also I am watching it again as part of Panic Fest. But this is Ego. This is directed by Alfonso Cortez. Cabanillas. He is a Spanish, like from Spain, director. And it takes place during COVID, where Paloma, a 19-year-old girl, is kind of going stir-crazy and dealing with a lot of issues with her isolation. And so she goes on to a gay dating website and meets somebody and it all. And then she finds out that this person that she is talking to is trying to take over her life. Oh, And so she's like a digital doppelganger. Ooh. And a little bit of cam, a little bit of cam, a little bit of cam. Yeah, this is a, there's the cam and the dead going on here, but it's mostly shot like narr. It gets it's shot like a narrative. It's mostly narratively shot. I call it hybrid found footage because a lot of it relies on these text interfaces coming up oh, okay. next to her head. Mm-hmm. So I, it's like stretching the bounds of what hybrid is, but I I like that a lot. Like it's playing with how to combine narrative, like more straightforward narrative filmmaking with digital interfaces in a much more like not just like every once in a while but like integral to the movie and understanding who she's talking to and like you see her on facetime a lot and it's got one of the scariest moments of the year so far and it's all told through a chat box oh um so it's not like your typical kind of scare and i am obsessed and the, the lead actress who plays paloma the depressed 19 year old her name is Maria Pedraza, and she is so fucking good in this movie. Oh, my God. So I just, I really loved it. It's creepy, and it's good. I really want to see this one. So. That sounds really good. 10 out of 10. We awarded it, I think, best scare and best actor at Grimfest Easter. It was, like, one of our favorites from the festival. And so I was really excited when I saw the panic fast, so I was like, oh, yeah, this is a movie that people are going to want to see. Like, it's fucking creepy. Yeah, and I love that we're getting some movies that have been, like, combining, like, traditional filmmaking techniques and cinematography along with, like, found footage things. I think there's yeah. some interesting interplay you could do with that. Oh, 100%. Especially with these, like, COVID movies and mm-hmm. things like that. Um so highly recommend if you're if you're still able to watch them for Panic Fest, check out Ego. I recommend big time. And then keeping it going, darkly satirical serial killer mockumentary. I think you might have seen this one too. 
I'm not sure. I think, I, yeah, okay. I have. Yeah, so um, I one of the things that I really enjoyed watching this last weekend was When the Screaming Starts, which is um, a mockumentary about it, it. Think of it like what we do in the shadows for Serial Killer, but a little bit more darker, a little less witty, I would say. And maybe a little, because I, I mean, I, I don't think you can hold a candle to like Taika in terms of like making that kind of humor and his style of humor. But I think it's a little bit darker <laughs> in some ways, like the kind of directions that it goes is a little bit more in some ways thematically interesting, I would say. But it's about this, uh, this documentary filmmaker, Norman, who uh, wants to make his start. And so he kind of finds... Uh, an aspiring serial killer online in like the darkest parts of the web and decides to follow him and a cameraman follow him along as he a tries to become a serial killer and then B decides when that doesn't really work out for him, decides that he wants to basically be um, Charles Manson without the racism. He wants to be uh, an inclusive, <laughs> an inclusive serial killing cult <laughs> leader. That is okay with all gender expressions, sexual orientations, and races, but also is a family of, of people that want to kill people. And it's um, I had a lot of fun with this. <laughs> I I think it's 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 really well done, and I just it surprised me with some of the the directions it went. I mean, ultimately, I was like, oh, this makes sense, but I wasn't even thinking that it would go in that yeah. direction. I, I had a similar thing where I was like, oh, I guess I should have seen that coming. Uh -huh. But I think it creates such a great cast of weirdos. Oh, my God. Yes. And this, it plays with it's not only playing with the serial killer, but also the found footage, like not found footage. Jesus Christ. Found family movies mm -hmm. where like you all come together and you become best friends. But here it's like it's just taken to like a ridiculous extreme. And it's. It's funny, it's witty, and I think it's definitely trying to go for what we do in the shadows, but I feel like it didn't go too hard in terms of like trying to rip it off entirely. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I think it feel it knows that it's not that. Yeah. Which I appreciate cuz it's like you can see the influences, but they don't try to like completely knock it off or like steal like not I mean, not that they would, but like they they know kind of the the boundaries of like where they should have their own kind of original stuff going on mm -hmm. versus just paying a total homage to what we do in the shadows. So it's really smart in that regard. One of and one of my favorite um characters in it is a um a man whose name is Masoud. And he literally has he he doesn't speak English very well. And he literally showed up for a yoga. He thinks he's going to a yoga class and then somehow gets roped into this serial killing family, completely unaware for a good part, part of the movie that everyone is, is trying to perfect their ways of killing people. And he's just, he just wanted to be there to meet new people and, and study yoga. <laughs> it just, it's so funny. It's, there's like, just like with crabs, I think there's like an earnestness here and there's a little yes. bit of heart to it. And while, it does go into some darker uh, directions than I was expecting. It, like you said, it's about a family of weirdos who somehow come together and fall apart and come together and fall apart all at the same time. And it's, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm glad you liked it too. Yeah. Cause I was really surprised. I was like, hmm, I don't know about all that. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I think that's been a theme for me with Panic Fest this year is a lot of surprises. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of things where I'm like, oh. I don't know and then i watch it and I'm like well fuck me i was wrong like that was great 
So that's what I honestly, that is what I love about Panic Fest is that there's a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of, I mean, there's some things in there that you can tell are like, maybe they probably wouldn't play at a different festival, but then there's a lot of things that are, are things that you watch and you're like, wow, I'm really glad that that was playing here and I got to see it. It just, I love the wide, the wide variety of films that Panic Fest shows from really, truly, truly indie films to some big things and i just it i love it i love this festival and everyone who saw the outwaters because we talked about it thank you yeah love that so many people have have said that they've watched it because of us and i'm like yes 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 influencer no but still i'm like yes yes (laughs) go watch that movie support support great nice wonderful queer people that's what i want to say about that yes yeah Uh uh-huh uh, okay, so transitioning even further, let's talk about this found foot. This found, gosh, I keep doing that whenever we talk about full core. You have gotten in my brain, Mary Beth, and it's like, <laughs> uh, let's talk about this, uh, this full core movie. What did we watch, Mary Beth? So we watched Maddie Doe's second feature film, Dearest Sister, which was released in 2016. Mm-hmm. And so I have two things to say before I say the description. I should probably read the synopsis. One, I love this movie, but two, it's not full core. Um, but <laughs> anyway, uh, from Letterboxd, in the film, a village girl travers, tra- travels, travels to the Lao capital to care for her rich cousin who has lost her sight and gained the ability to communicate with the dead. Um, kind, yet yeah, kind of. That yeah. is kind of what happens, like loosely. But... It's really a movie about class mm-hmm. and Lao and how people are treated and how Western society has kind of like Western society and obsession with capitalism specifically has kind of poisoned Lao. Yeah. Which is scary in and of itself. Right. But like there's not a lot there's a little bit of ghost. A little. There's a little bit. I you know, and I think that would be because I was I think I was expecting maybe a little bit more on the ghostly side. And yeah. um, so I was a little surprised that it was. It, I mean, if it, it's a very important part of the of the movie, but it's not yeah. as important as the the themes. I think that's exploring. Um, I, I agree. I also don't think this is necessarily full core, but it does have some similar. I think there's some similar themes that it explores that we've seen in full core, particularly of like people not respecting the idea of the supernatural because there's a, yeah. a line in here where um the the rich cousin is talking to knock the um uh the, the the woman from the village her her cousin from the village and she says i don't care about the monsters you think live in the jungle and so there's like this idea of she is so removed from that kind from i guess from like the culture and the 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 village that knock lives in because she has found a white man who is rich Although that's debatable <laughs> as, as the movie progresses <laughs> and is kind of clinging on to this kind of classist idea. And so is looking down on the kind of cultural folk tales and the supernatural elements that knock in, in her village believes. And so there's definitely that kind of pull there that I think we've seen in a lot of folk horror where it's like someone entering a realm that they think, oh, this doesn't exist. I'm from civilized society and then getting their ass handed to them for that belief. And I think there's some of that yeah. here. Though there definitely is a lot of that here, for sure. It's like it's it's 
it's just it's a lot more subtle supernaturally, I think, than you would think being mm. on Shutter. Mm-hmm. I also think this was a lot watching Maddie Doe kind of hit her stride with genre. I think the long walk shows how she kind of I think hits a better balance. Yeah, mm-hmm. between the two. But regardless, I mean, dear, it was beautiful and fucking heartbreaking. Oh, it's really sad, and it ends on a. It ends on a wow of a note, I think. Yeah. Uh, that final shot is mm, insane. Yes, it really is. Like, I was like, ooh, that kind of yeah. gave me goosebumps. And you, I, I, I agree with you 100%. It's, I think the only thing wrong with Dearest Sister is that I watched The Long Walk recently, and I think it's going to be one of my favorite movies of the year. And so yeah. I feel like watching that, which I think is a masterpiece – and then following it up with this, I think, if anything, that is the only problem I have with this movie, thinking back on it. God damn it, Maddie. Stop being so good at making movies. Girl, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, and it was a lot of the same actors in this mm-hmm, that you see in mm-hmm. The Long Walk, which was cool to see. And I think also something that she told us that got really put into context with watching this was that she had a lot of people, white people tell her with Dearest Sister that she did not make an authentically loud movie. Yeah. Because a lot of this movie has to do with wealth, but like showing what wealth looks like in Lao for people who have money, who are able to go to these like fancy restaurants, who are able to live in nice houses. And it's a real thing. Like there are people, like not everyone in Laos lives in like a village or a grass hut. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's still like a, like a hierarchy, like mm-hmm. a wealth hierarchy, like a socioeconomic structure there. And especially because of white people who come in and like do right. sketchy shit mm-hmm. and exploit people for their own money. And then in turn, women or people who marry these wealthy outsiders that benefit and it yeah. creates this vicious cycle. And that's fucked. Like that was wild. And again, but like that's the reality of a country of the country. And it was just very, especially after watching it, thinking that someone watched that and was going to tell was like going to tell someone that that what they made was not authentically about their country is just insane to me. Well, it, it, exactly, fuck? and it, it kind of. Um, I mean, it it feels wildly apropos because there's a a moment. There's like a couple moments in here that feel like she addressed that without even knowing that this was going to be a situation because even with like uh when cuz so knock is you know if she's from the village she's she's living in in more higher society at this point by taking care of of her very rich cousin and when she goes out with her cousin's friends they're looking down on her and when she goes to places they're like we don't sell counterfeits counterfeits here because she doesn't look like the kind of person that would be in these in these stores from their perspective and they tell her oh. don't stand on the toilet when you go to use the restroom this isn't that kind of establishment like there's it, it's it's addressing that there are like two different kind of worlds living here at least two different kind of worlds living in Laos that I, I think is like kind of a big fuck you to there is that, but then there's also this other high society that is again here because of white people coming in and, and doing shitty shit. Well, and like Cod, when not gets the, the latte, she's like, there's a cat in my cup. How the yeah. fuck did they do that? Cause it's latte art. Cause like bougie, only bougie people have latte art. I've, you know it's what? Like, I've never seen it? latte art. It's so cute. Never like, seen it. It's just, it's, it's cute. And the fucking woman just pours sugar on top of the cat and it's just like super shitty and i'm just like yeah 
Yeah. Which it was the, obviously the point, but right. it's just interesting to be like, I was like, I immediately thought, I was like, look, see, like people need to like, look, pe- white people, there are still socioeconomic differences in these countries that you deem third world mm-hmm. and that you like have no idea what they're about. So that I just have a deeper, deeper appreciation for what Maddie has had to go through and experience as a woman from Laos making films about her country. It's fascinating and terrible. Yeah, and then when you think about that this was um, Laos's first film submission to be a foreign film for for La- uh, Laos, foreign oh, film right. for the Academy Awards, like, that's that's not nothing, folks. It, I mean, it didn't, you know, it didn't make it, but that's not nothing. That's not, yeah, exactly. That is not nothing. Whew. Well, Yeah. That's on Shutter, if y'all are interested in watching it. Um, but so, what are we watching next week for folk horror? Um, so we are going to watch um, Edge of the Knife, which I think is a. Didn't you say it was a First Nation? Yeah, it was a First Na- uh, First Nations movie from a tribe, the Haida tribe in northern Canada. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. It came out in 2018, and I'm like, why? Is this movie not familiar to me? Because it didn't come out very long ago. Four years is all. Uh, but it looks it looks really wild. It might have some body horror in it. So I'm really excited about that. Me too. But who are we talking to on Monday, Mary Beth? On Monday, we are chatting with writer, producer, game developer, everything else, Jed Shepard. He is one of the minds behind Host and Dashcam. He's also working with Trevor Henderson on their video game Ghosts. So... And That's he has a comic exciting. book. Or a he has a comic book. Visual novel. Sorry. Visual novel. He's a visual novel. Yeah, and he brought with him Ghostwatch. Oh. And it we you get to listen to me and Jed nerd out a lot. Um, so get very excited because I I'm just a giant dork the entire time. It's great. It's fantastic. And boy, if you haven't seen Ghostwatch, um, I'd recommend oh, watching please. it. It's, it's so god. It's not readily available everywhere, but it is on archive.org. Um, I think it's the only place I can I have found it streaming or even remotely available here. So um, I would recommend watching it. It is really good. Someone do a 4K restoration and have me write one of the essays. Yeah, why don't we have that? Please. <laughs> Putting it out in the world. Putting it, manifesting, <laughs> manifesting. Yeah. Uh, so listeners, you've heard from us. We want to hear from you. Did you have a film? Did you watch a film that we watched this week and have thoughts? Do you have suggestions for things we should be covering? Let us know by sending us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Gaily Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. Thank you to Eric Carr for artwork. Thank you to Sean Kelly for our music. Thank you everyone for listening. Please stay safe out there. Most importantly, stay creepy. <laughs> You did finger guns, and I just can't. I just can't. And until next time. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children?
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.